My name is Shaheen Chaudhary, and welcome to the first episode of How I Lead Change, a podcast about executives leading successful human-centric changes in their organizations. Today on our show, I'm joined by Sarah Jasper, Chief People Officer at Coast Capital Savings, a member-owned federal credit union headquartered in Surrey, British Columbia. Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. Good morning, Shaheen. Thank you so much for having me. Sarah is going to talk about how she leads the people side of change at Coast Capital Savings. So let's dive right in with our first question. Sarah, tell us about what were things like before you were managing change? Okay, great. Um, would you like me to provide a little context about Coast Capital and the environment there? Is that helpful, do you think, just to sort of set the stage? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So Coast Capital, we have um, been around in one form or another for many years, 70 plus years. So we have um, well-established, uh, really great people-centric culture has always been um, very relationship-based organization. Um, one of the things that really struck me, I came into Coast as our VP of Talent and then now sit in the Chief People Officer role. But one thing that um, I noticed right away when I came into my role at Coast was that it was a incredible culture, a real deep foundation around help and care for our members. And um, that it was really a culture, honestly, that was marked by a great deal of trust. So employees uh, trusted one another, um, were really focused on on members and we're really, really um, uh, wanting to make sure that we were doing the right thing for our members. So it was a fantastic culture to come into. Um, because it was so people-centric and, and sort of always had been, had that you know great history of it, um, before things, we were managing change. I would say we had a well-established training team. Uh, they were called Coast U at the time. They're now um, our organizational learning function. Uh, we also had a really excellent communications team. And so between the two functions, we definitely were supporting change uh, at Coast through training and communications. And we also actually had, um, because our employees um, are so connected to our members, they were a really uh, important part of us in, in the big change uh, that has been introduced in the last couple of years, which has been to move to uh, federal regulation, become a federal credit union. Uh, we knew our employees were going to be a critical part of that. So we had always also sort of looking back, had in done what we didn't call then, but we would call now stakeholder engagement, engaging our employees in the change. So we had some elements of what you'd consider change management or change enablement, as we call it here at Coast. Um, what we didn't have, I think, is we'd been through a number of large scale um, change efforts. Most particularly, when I came in, I talked to a lot of people about change because very early on, about three years ago, I was tasked with standing up a change management function. So I had a lot of conversations with employees about change, with leaders about change. One thing that did come up was we had had a changeover of our banking platform. And, you know, as, as you know very well, uh, system changes can sometimes be just the toughest because it, it truly impacts everything that our frontline teams do. It's how they work and they're doing it on a stage right in front of our members. And obviously that creates a lot of 
pressure and um, a need for them to be quick and to be accurate. So that banking platform was still in the memories of people, even though it had happened probably uh, five or seven years previous to me coming on board. So when I talked about that change and said, what was it like? Uh, a lot of the things I got back was, you know, we still felt like there was training and communications, but it was sort of just right before we didn't really have the big understanding of why we were um, moving to this new platform. It didn't feel connected maybe to um, our members. It wasn't expressed as a member uh, benefit. And so there was some elements where staff didn't feel that they had probably the awareness and as much communication around the big why. I think some of the other elements that we would now look back and say might not have been um, as well developed as they are today is that executive and leader sponsorship of the change. So probably in those days, we didn't do enough to set our leaders up for success in supporting the front lines of our teams for success. Um, and, and that's understandable, not having a formal change management uh, discipline or, or uh, function in-house. So I think we had a lot of people doing absolutely fantastic work to support our teams, especially in the areas of training and communications. And we had engaged our teams in the change um, but it was inconsistent from project to project because we didn't have really that formal model. So some projects um, were going well, some less so. And while employees, uh, you know, were definitely the focus for support, they didn't have as much engagement and voice in what they needed to be successful, I would say. So that was sort of the environment that we came into. Um, I would say that at the time, the perception was that we had a number of initiatives going. So there was a little change fatigue in the organization as well. Um, not as much clarity around prioritization. And at the time we were, you know, we were introducing our purpose. We were um, in the thick of um, the support for going national, as well as, you know, we'd had some um, work around our technology platforms. So there was a lot of, um, you know, noise in the organization about that change. Great. Well, it's great to hear. Um, and also it's refreshing to hear such a, a focus on, on your employees as well as members. And I can definitely see why uh, you, you guys were focused on, you know, managing change as well so that the impact is minimized on your people. Tell me a little bit about how are things now and what impact has change management had on your business? Well, I think the thing that hasn't changed is that employees feel that they are, that we are doing what we're doing around change because they feel cared about. I think having the function was a really important thing to communicate to our teams that we wanted to make sure that we were enabling them through change, that it was important to us and that we had thought about it and that we were dedicating uh, and investing resources um, right. towards it. So that was a big part, even just having the function told our, our team, you know, this is for and about our people and it is about our people and helping them be successful so that they can continue to provide the incredible support advice that we provide to our members. So I think that part didn't change. I think the trust that we had always, um, you know, really felt that was part of our culture um, was still there. And I think that improved because what we um, had said was we're going to put in place some formal things and formal ways of working that are going to support you. And I think when staff feel supported, um, you know, it that trust increases. And when trust increases, confidence increases. And really confidence is 
for me, one of the elements that is the toughest in change. You know, it's not that we can't do it. It's that we, you know, there's fear around change and, you know, it's a lack of confidence in some cases that we're going to be successful after the change or that we, you know, it will be as good or better after the change. So I think that part still there increased. Um, I think the one thing that I would say was um, very marked was that we felt a greater clarity of purpose. So we have a very defined purpose. We're a purpose-led organization. And I think having the change enablement function allows us to continue to link this transformation that we're undergoing, which is extensive. And I don't, I mean, our people are incredible. They are managing through transformation on the technology front. We're going national. We are, you know, deepening the relationships we have our members to support them in the ways that meet changing member expectations. And we're doing all of it while technology outside and the uh, financial services environment outside of Coast is changing. So, you know, we're asking people to keep pace with a ton of, of change. And I think that anybody can really accept anything if they understand why it's happening and they feel that there's empathy for them in that change. I think we're capable of uh, amazing things, especially organizationally, um, when you've got that great foundation of culture. So I think being able to have the enablement function there to keep connecting any new change back to the overall purpose. Here's what we're here to do. And we may need to introduce new uh, products that our members are asking for, or we may need to work with our members in a different way, or we may need to use different tools, or we may need to introduce new functions in our organizations, or we may okay. need to introduce new capabilities that we haven't had before. Mm-hmm. But it's not 10 different initiatives. It's one initiative. It is to live into our purpose, which is to help our members achieve what's important in their life by supporting their financial well-being. So I think that clarity of purpose took it from feeling like a number of initiatives across coast to really moving in one direction with a lot of different things that needed to happen, if that makes sense. Um, And I think truly the impact on uh, change enablement that I've also seen is that our leaders feel empowered. Um, Our staff are certainly more empowered and they're more supported, but I think we've given leaders clarity on what it's like to lead and change and what's different about change from status quo and highlighting to leaders that leadership looks different in times of transformation when you know pressure is there and when people are you know having roles change which is very sensitive um if when they have members in front of them certainly and they're needing to do things different ways it takes a little longer so there's time pressures i think leaders needed for us to help set them up with okay, what does your team need? And so how do you as a leader need to be supported differently? So we may have added that layer of leader enablement in that wasn't there before. And that goes all the way up to executive sponsorship as well. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear things are going so well. Um, Sarah, what one piece of advice would you give other executives on the importance of managing change? Yeah, uh, thank you. I, um, well, you know, I would say that um, having change professionals to come in and lend that credibility and lend a structure and a model uh, is, for me, the thing that that really coalesces the change enablement function 
for the organization as a real discipline that has real business results. So I think making sure that you're making that connection to business impact, I think we ultimately, we work for and through our people, but I think the impact is to the business and it's on everything from a successful adoption to the improved experience for our members. There's real uh, hard impacts. And I think that we sometimes, um, you know, we intuitively understand that helping people through change is the right thing to do. We understand that it's how we live into our values and it's our culture. It's how we've always done things. But I think what we, um, you know, don't always do as well is express that uh, in terms of business impact, in terms of the time it takes to return to what we would call great performance. So if we introduce a new piece of technology is how quickly is it adopted and how quickly do we get back to a level of performance that we wanted either before or exceeds where we were before. And I think those proof points um, help to continue to build support for change enablement. Um, the second piece that I would say is approaching change. Um, I think it needs to start as a, a function uh, and as a discipline for an organization. But I think where you want it to end up is a way of working. And so I really think of that model as teaching people to fish, not having a bigger and bigger group of, of fisher people in your organization. So, right. you know, it, the modern organizations are dealing with so much change that you could literally hire infinite numbers of, of change people and it, it wouldn't address the amount of change that is going on. So you're you're going to lose, I think, if you continue to only expand your change enablement or change management function or the investment in it. I think you really need to look at it as we do this, it's a way of, of working for us um, and we enable our leaders by telling them how to lead and change. We create communities of practice and we share the knowledge very openly and very freely within the organization. So train people who aren't change people in change and change broadly and widely so that people understand and they're equipped with it. And they nobody sees the value better than when they've actually done it themselves. And I really believe in that bottom-up, transparent, employee-led change. So often in change, we are terrified that people won't understand it or will be fearful of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what what decreases fear is in engaging them and being transparent and sharing information about the change so that they can decide to adopt the change. So that would be my advice would be to formalize it. And then once it's formalized and you have a model that works for your organization, because no two are the, the same, then spread it through your organization as quickly as possible and sort of evangelize change leadership and embracing change as part of how your organization does things. Great. Thank you, Sarah, for your sh- sharing your great insights. And um, yeah, that's great. I really, really enjoy listening to this conversation and, and your experience and your advice for your peers. Oh, well, thank you very much. It, it's been, you know, we've really, what we've seen, and I would say this is the proof point for us, is that we have been in, in a state of transformation Um, for a number of years now. And we've seen, uh, you know, I look at turnover and engagement as measures of health and ours have stayed uh, stable and strong and and, um, engagement has even increased through that transformation. So I really do attribute that to the efforts of our our change enablement um, team and of the leaders who have embraced this new discipline and and function with, and really uh, with a lot of energy. So, you know, it's something I'm very passionate about because I, I do believe that it is 
um, one of these absolute goods. You support your people and then ultimately it's a win for your members or your customers and your business as well. So thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Excellent. Well, that's all for today's episode of How I Lead Change. Thanks for listening and thank you very much, Sarah, for joining us today. Join us again next month and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, go out there and be successful at change. Thank you.